0: My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. Today on the podcast, we are going to discuss the story of Francois. Intertwined amongst it are the challenges that small villages face in Haiti today. In the midst of this story, we will talk about how gang violence and other issues create challenges in some areas, and at the same time celebrate wins in other villages. It was nearing the end of a workday at the Moon Clinic. I was in a meeting upstairs when a nurse rushed in to get me. A father had just brought his sick child into the clinic, and he was very serious. We hurried down the stairs and into the waiting room. Sitting on a bench was a father and mother, and between them was their young boy. He was leaning against his mother and appeared to be nearly two years old. His malady was not difficult to discern. He was one of the most swollen children I have ever seen. His legs to his arms were puffy. His hands were so swollen that when I touched them, watery, serous fluid seeped out as if from a sponge. His face was so deformed from edema that he had a perpetual, eerie smile. With the permission of his mother, I took a photo that I don't ever want to look at again. He came from the mountain community of Bonne Plaisance. I changed the name for Privacy. This is a vast collection of villages near Port-au-Prince and not far from our clinic. In the last year, I've received a handful of patients from this area, usually very ill, swollen and on the verge of death. In other regions in which we work, children are generally caught early by our health workers that live in those villages. In these areas, health workers scour the region each month, screening children to try and find malnourished children before they reach this point. And then each month, we see children with moderate malnutrition, educating the parents and providing supplements until children return to normal. For hundreds and hundreds of children every year, more than 800 last year, this prevents them from ever getting to the point of Francois. But this was not the case in Bonne Plaisance. For more than two years, we have not been able to enter Bonne Plaisance. If you look at it on a map, it's not that far away. If we had a helicopter, we would be able to be there in 10 minutes. But the road to the village goes through a region that has been completely controlled by gangs for the last two years. It is so insecure to the point that without paying gang protection money, we would have no hope of passing safely. Many, many people have been killed in the region, men, women, even children. And so we have not been able to have community health workers in the region or even to screen children. All we see is a slow trickle of severely ill children whose parents are able to carry them to the clinic. With Francois, we prepared to take him to the inpatient ward at our partner hospital. Perval, the director of the clinic and an Episcopal pastor, sat with the child and prayed for him and his family. We all knew the case was serious. And then off he went. A few days later, I was working at the clinic and I was told that Francois's father was in the waiting room. I came out, happy to see him again. I had not yet had the chance to visit Francois in the hospital. But the news was not good. Francois had never gotten better. The inpatient physicians had started him on a low-calorie milk try to ease his body back to homeostasis and antibiotics to battle the numerous infections that had taken advantage of his immune-compromised state. And yet, it wasn't enough. Francois had died. His father had come to me with a request. He wanted to bury his son at our partner hospital. We asked him why he didn't want to bring the body back to the village to rest near his family. His father skirted the issue and finally said that there were bad people in the village, and he felt that they would desecrate the body. I didn't press him on this, but the meaning was clear. While this is by no means all voodoo practitioners, he was worried that some of the witch doctors in his village would use the little boy's body. There are persistent beliefs in Haiti about evil people reviving dead corpses to do work for them or of using body parts as sacrifices. I am in no position to speak to these convictions other than to say that these beliefs are held to be gospel truth in many villages. And whether or not the body would actually be desecrated, the end point was the same. Francois's father didn't feel safe bringing the body home. We spoke with the hospital, and they were clear that there was nowhere to bury the body on the land. I spoke with our administration, and together we agreed that we would do all we could for the father. We sent a driver to get the body of his son from the hospital. We also gave him some extra money to help with a burial. But the next issue was the gangs. Our driver was able to take the father and his son's body to the edge of the territory of the gangs but was not able to go any further. At that point, we left them, his grieving father and the body of Francois, already in rigor mortis. I have not seen the family since. My suspicion is that the father buried his son on the roadside in an unmarked grave. Certainly, he could have decided to bring him to the village, hitching a ride on a motorcycle. But as he knew, carrying his son's body on a moto would have been impossible to hide in the little village, and he had no way of knowing what people would do to him. From my American mind, Francois had the most undignified death. A series of tragedies conspired to leave him in this state. A gang that prevented aid from getting to the rural community. Poverty that led to another death from malnutrition. Fear of corpse mutilation. I sometimes think of Francois, but I really try not to. His exhausted body buried in the desert sands off the road, hidden by his father whose only desire was to protect his son. This has led me to identify with Psalms that I never previously understood. I find myself praying for the destruction of the gangs that hold so much of the Haitian population in their grasp. Children die on a regular basis because they cannot reach care. Businesses have dried up and families cannot support their children. And so I find myself at times talking with my friends and asking them to pray for peace and for the ability to get help to these communities. These are the same issues that we see that lead to deaths in the Congo, Yemen, and Somalia. Children die not because of disease, but they die because they cannot reach help and help can't reach them. Haiti is a hard place to grow up in poverty, and little catastrophes happen every day, unbeknownst to the world. We can take many lessons from the case of Francois. First, I think, is simply to grieve his loss. It was an unnecessary death, a life that was cut short. But secondly, I think there is an encouragement in it. Before Carmel and the Les Moon Clinic started building up community health workers and nutrition programs, stories like Francois' were painfully commonplace all over the places in which we now work. Today, in the hamlets that surround our posts, it is rare to see children as severe as Francois. We see those that are starting down the path towards starvation, but thanks to community health workers, those that live in the village, we can intervene rapidly. Now, the places that we see the most devastation is in the villages that are unreachable, those that are blocked off by the lack of roads or gangs, like in Bonne Plaisance. But this should give us hope that in the future, we can turn the tide on the plague of malnutrition in Haiti. Thank you for listening. We would like you to know that we are simply telling stories as we have seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a fascinating history. And there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode... Some names have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you and God bless.